Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. The show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous, and the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 446 of Live Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, uh, otherwise known as Colin Ford. I have the, the dubious honour of being the Chief Archiv- Archivist at Live Station. Uh, and joining me in the orange sidewinder bar for this episode, we have our SRV Banksy, that's Commander Alec Turner. Hello, I'm drinking a whiskey sour and it's delicious. He has to he has to get tanked up in order to deal with the rest of this show. Uh, we also have our head of health and safety, the Commander Edelweiss, otherwise known as Ben Moss Woodward. Hello, I'm drinking an iced coffee and it too is delicious. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Um, because unfortunately it's Psykit, um, our lovely Psykit has... Um, taken a poorly turn for the moment so get well soon psychic um but as usual we've gone and drafted him yet again welcome back like chris mark four hello i am drinking fresh tap water because it's cheap <laughs> how's that ass groove you're wearing in there chris <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you expect from someone from edinburgh yeah Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in game, uh, in open. Uh, where are you hanging out, Ben? Um, right. Currently, I am in Bernoulli, London, in the Verka system. Basically, I'm near near, Tana- uh, near Tanaris or whatever his name is. Big, big nasty Thargoid bloke. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm in a yeah I'm there after getting outshed basically. Mm, yes, we'll certainly be touching on that one later. Um, 
If you can't get to us in-game, you can join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat. Or you can go straight to twitch.tv slash laveradio or YouTube Lave Radio or even Facebook Lave Radio and Twitter. Surprisingly, Lave Radio there. So, uh, let's have a quick chat around the crew, see how they've been for the last week. Um, we'll start with Ben this week. Okay, well, game-wise, as I said a couple of seconds ago, I've been getting outsheed, um, trying to, basically trying to get a ship that is ready to go into the Maelstrom with limited time and things like that. Um, I know I don't have this, all the stuff, but well, I guess we'll be, co- we'll be covering this all at some point later, so... I'll not dive into that, but I've been I've been doing stuff around there and trying to get myself into a position where I can dive deeper. Um, I've been doing some scavenging and hole crunching and things like that in Star Citizen uh, and raiding bunkers. Um, I've been playing RimWorld. Um, I've been talking about oh, what's it called again? I've been talking about Cyberpunk and. Basically, the joys of modding games because uh, we were talking we were talking about Starfield and saying you know Starfield will be awesome in about six months when there's a whole load of mods for it and they've gone off and you know, done some patches to actually make the game playable because uh, this is Bethesda we're talking about and I I don't have any high expectations for initial release um, mm-hmm. I think this is also another thing that we'll be talk- covering a little bit later. Um, I saw The Flash in the cinema, uh, which was... That dirty old man on row C- 4C. <laughs> no, that was The Flasher. Um, <laughs> the Flash is the thing with Ezra Miller, who is a dirty old person, possibly. Or dirty young person, because I don't think they're that old. Um, but, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's, a, it's an okay film. Uh, I did also though, go and see Spider-Man again, and Spider-Man is an absolutely awesome film and remains an awesome film. Excellent. Um... What else have we been doing? Oh, I gave blood. Uh, that was fun. Well, again, um, I thought you gave blood last week. Oh, yeah. did I mention? I uh, did a cover of that. I can't remember. I'm also. I've also had about three hours sleep, so I am a little bit sleep deprived. Um, Keeps going back for the tuck biscuits. Can't get away from the melting <laughs> tuck biscuits. Damn right. Uh, what else have we done? Yeah, that'll do for now. Fair enough. Um, Chris Mark Four. Apart from being a, a radio host on a on a Sunday lunchtime. What else have you been up to this week? Oh, thanks for getting the plug in there for me, Colin. Much appreciated. Um, what else have I been doing? I, I was a bit like Ben, actually. Went to the cinema, went to see The Flash last week and kind of enjoyed it, actually. I was expecting the worst because it's had so many reshoots and things, but I actually ended up enjoying parts of that. Uh, the weekend, just enjoying the sunshine while we had it for a little bit. Um, you know, it's been too warm too warm but i've got to appreciate the fact that i will be complaining that it's too wet cold and cloudy for the rest of the year so i've got to get that in now and then it was back at the cinema actually last night to see no hard feelings the new jennifer lawrence movie so i've basically been borrowing the air conditioning of the cinema for the last uh, couple of weeks really um and went out to see that one Uh, in game i've not had a lot of chances to be in game i've probably spent too long at the cinema um, and work and other bits and pieces that have been going on. Um, but yeah, not had much of a chance of being in-game. I've, what I have been doing in-game is my ongoing mission uh, to engineer some of my ships. 
So I've spent a lot of my time engineering a ship to allow me to get other parts, <laughs> you know, a, a good combat ship so that I can blow other ships up so that I can steal their parts to then make a ship that can then go into the maelstrom eventually. And by the time I complete this entire saga, there'll probably be something available to buy that will get you into the maelstrom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know that feeling. It's if you're starting from scratch and you want to go into the maelstrom, and then I mean, I'm I'm kind of midway with this as well because I'll, no, I'll I'll discuss it when we we, we get to <laughs> we we get to the appropriate part of the show. Otherwise, I will end up ranting, and we don't want that just this early into the show. Um, uh, let's have a quick chat with uh, Commander Alec Turner. Hello, yes. Um, this week I've mostly been Titan tissue sampling, but I, I gather, gather this is more of a for later theme. So um, <laughs> suffice to say, for now, I uh, I started... Well, I, actually, to be honest, I've been buckyball racing, of course. Mm. Um, but that finished Sunday, and we're definitely talking about that later as well. Uh, and then Monday morning I switched to Titan tissue sampling, and I am currently in the top 75%. Psychic will be delighted to hear only for Aegis. Azimuth can go screw themselves, even though they have a nicer, <laughs> nicer paint job. Um, yes, I'm in the top 75% with a whopping 36 tissue samples. Jeez. Meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, what have I been doing out of game? Well, I have some. Oh, I had a little bit of. I had a bit of PitCon news, I suppose, because um, <laughs> I think I originally managed to grab what certainly seemed from the Discord like ticket number one for PitCon, but uh, I have ha I've had to cancel, um, oh. which is a great shame because I was I was massively looking forward to it. But um, way back at Christmas, folks may remember when Fozza was hosting and we were talking about Christmas presents. And the Christmas present I mentioned uh, was to go on a six-day Windsor chair-making course, uh, smack bang in the middle of the Westenburg Arboretum. There's a little sort of encampment, I suppose, where they teach you um, traditional woodworking techniques. So you you literally use like foot pedal lathes and things to to turn the legs of this chair, and you you hand carve a seat, and it looks really good. So um, Anyway, we finally managed to get a booking. It's been quite hard for various reasons to sort this out, but we are going, and it clashes with PitCon. So hey ho, I'm I'm I would rather carve wood than see Burr again. Is what it comes down to. <laughs> there, there is so many things we could go with that, but we won't. The the thing that was just occurred to me this afternoon was that when I return from this course, mm -hmm. should I name one of my ships the chairmaker now i'm not going to give any spoilers but for any ian banks fans out there you will know that only only if it's fight mm, you will know that the chairmaker is is does not have necessarily good connotations to it so, <laughs> although i will be the chairmaker in in a real sense i'm not sure i'm just worried about you now making allusions to both wood and bones <laughs> in the don't same mention, context as well. Don't mention the bones. Don't mention the bones. Spoilers. So we're going to have Alec Wood Turner then. <laughs> oh, well, nice. I mean, nice. I mean, it, it's a good joke, but that is literally where the surname comes from. So um, I yes. should be good at it in theory. <laughs> it's in your genes. Do you know what's really funny, actually? Just, just on this. Talking of and, wood. Um, 
<laughs> Talking of which, oh. I, I, the, the community is great. The Elite Dangerous community is so great. So I, I mentioned in the uh, pit um, Discord that I wasn't, um, you know, that I was going to have to cancel PitCon, which is a great shame. And I explained why. And somebody in the Burr Pit Discord, I've forgotten their name, that's bad, um, not only said that they had attended a very similar course and showed me the chair that sent me some pictures of the chairs they'd made, which were fantastic. Also got married in the Westenburg Arboretum, or at least in Westenburg. Coincidence. How extraordinary. Anyway, ah, that's me. Lovely. Lovely. Um, well, let's have a, a quick think about what I've been doing. I've been um, doing mission research uh, in the, with my power play commander and actually having a good time discovering uh, the old missions on on that everybody has, has basically moved on from. Um, so, yeah, I did my first um, Disable the Turrets the other, other day. That was the first time I've ever tackled that mission, and, uh, yeah, I'm wanted. <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot, sometimes you've got to be bad to be good. You've got to be bad to have a good time. Um, and, uh, yes, so I was doing that, there's obviously a buckyball thing, which I haven't submitted yet, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, and, um, yeah, I did do one attempted run at getting stuff for the Maelstroms. And, uh, yes, I guess we can talk about that later as well. Apart from that, it's just uh, usual stuff of dealing with uh, life and quite boring stuff uh, Outside of outside of the game, so I think we'll move on. Life. Don't mm. talk to me about life. <laughs> oh God! Don't, <laughs> don't get me sounding like Marvin again. This is again. It's bad enough when some people say, "Oh, you really do sound like that bloody android." Oh, thanks. Anyway. Development news. What have the devs said this week? Well, after several weeks of nothing, we got plenty. Um, first of all, Frameshift Live number 31 happened on Thursday with Arf and uh, Sally hosting the uh, hosting the show. Uh, and we had lots of, of little tidbits that came through. Uh, we had Update 16. They had announced that Update 16 will be coming in the first week in August. Fingers crossed, as long as they don't have any surprises, which they did have last time for update 15, but uh, it was only a week. It was, was 15 late? I'd forgotten the history. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a week late. Oh, that's not bad, is it? We can no. give them that. No, it's, it's not as if they say, oh no, we're moving everything back th four months. <laughs> like, they, like they did one year. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we can let them off a week. Yes. Uh, so yes, update 16 will be coming in the 1st of August. Our first week in August, rather. Um, update 17, they announced, is definitely coming, and it's coming out later this year. They've got no promises or dates, although we do suspect if they're sticking to the three-month cycle, we're probably looking at November again. Maybe something along the lines of the first, first year anniversary of the Thargoid War, or yeah. update 14. First confirmation that there's actually going to be a 17, so oh, that's good mm -hmm. news, isn't it? I mean, no reason to assume not, but equally no reason to assume there might be, so yeah. good to know. Yeah, and they have still promised that there is going to be the um, the results of the study into the 
the new feature that they'll want yeah. to put in. Ah, yes, the study. Mm-hmm. Mm. We shall have to wait and see, because the, uh, they're, they're wanting to focus on the Thargoid War at the moment. We assume that's what uh, update 16 and 17 is going to be. Um, there is... They did show off the new Hunter-class uh, vessel from the Thargoids. Um... Do we actually have a name for it? We do, um, although I feel bad about saying it because poor Max sort of somewhat... Poor Max went off and said Sky... Oops, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> oh, dear. I was I was reminded, there's like a... Is there a joke or something? But there's a thing, there's, there's sort of a thing you do where you say, okay, what if you do, don't think about elephants. Do not think about elephants. Oh, yeah. And then you literally come out and say, anyway, the elephant, oh, shit. I've said it. Yeah, poor bastard. Uh, I've got a worse one than that. We had a a, gen, a, a gentleman, we, we were merging companies, uh, the head of IT uh, from the company that was coming to merge was basically called Luigi. Mm-hmm. And all the way through the meeting, although before oh, meeting God. I was going, whatever you say, don't call him Mario, don't call him Mario, don't call him Mario. <laughs> Guess what? Oh, Mario. I, I am, hello, Mario, how are you doing? Hello. To which oh, everyone else just gosh. creased up. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's even to me. this, yeah, even to this day, when I think about that moment, I am basically biting into my fist. I am so, surprised. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, so, so yes. We're pretty confident it's called the scythe. It could have been a false flag. It could. <laughs> it could have been. very clever false flag. It's very convincing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's up there with the Tom Hollins, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we think this new class, the Scythe, in inverted commas, uh, will be coming with update 16. And it looks interesting because it, it sounds creepy. And it does, it does scooping with what looks like the first... Um, Thargoid equivalent of limpets. So when you guys saw this, let's have a quick, quick uh, first impressions of everyone. What did you, what did you think, Alec? Uh, yes, what I really liked was the audio. I thought the audio was awesome, and they, you know, they played it like three times and kept turning it up. But there was, there was two brilliant sounds. There was like this really sort of deep slow clicking sound you know like a it was really creepy and then the limpets and i think somebody's already coined the term fimpets um literally sounded like they'd sampled the swarm of bees i mean they were just it was just the sound of bees they hadn't even processed it it was just so yeah fantastic audio um in a minute maybe we'll get on to talking about what it's for but i'll give others a chance to yeah, their thoughts. I, I thought I was going with Tharglets first, but never mind. Yeah, Tharglets, <laughs> Thimpets. Yeah. Are um, co- covered already? No, that's Thargons. Because Sean, Sean we've, called, we've also called them Tharglets. No, Tharglets were actually in the Dark Wheel uh, novel, but Thargons are actually the small little... Uh, baby. The, yeah, the, the fighters. Yeah, the the, the the Thargoid swarms, which are basically launched. So, um, yes, I knew I'd heard of Thargoids before, but uh, yes, now I know. Um, meanwhile, yeah, Ben, what did you think? 
I think as I mean again, this is basically our question of the week, isn't it? Um, yeah. So I, I, as I said there, I, I thought that a certain Mister Dawn is getting hmm. a large supply of additional things. Um, you know, apparently his 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 services are in demand. <laughs> Fair enough, um, Chris. Yeah, I mean, kind of similar to Ben. It's like you're you're seeing them uh, being very efficient at scooping up goodies. Um, my my question would be, what are the Fargoids doing with all the goodies that they're picking up? I'm not, yeah. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. Like, what what you know? Are, are they are they going off to their own engineers at this point? What, what's what's happening? What are they building with all the parts that they're stealing? <laughs> that actually to interject. I mean, yes, th- that was my main thought. To be honest, we we kind of know that. Thargoids scoop up escape pods, but it always, till now, struck me as just like a, a a nice detail, you know, a bit of a bit of flavour, if you like. I mean, it's creepy and it's cool, but it doesn't we haven't really found a a game use for it. Like like stopping them doesn't achieve much, or follow. You know, it doesn't. It, it's just cool to look at, isn't it? But it doesn't seem to. Yeah, for, effect, well, it seemed like they were doing it as a hobby, and it's kind of gone wholesale now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So the fact that the Thar, you know, there's a whole new Thargoid whose purpose is literally to deploy, you know, um, limpets to scoop up more um, escape pods. It's like, okay, surely there has to be a gameplay element coming around it now. That's yeah, my thought. It'd be some sort of mechanic or reason for doing it. You know, similar to. Uh, when uh, sampling the Orpheus sort of rolled stuff back and 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 helped out with systems, yeah. presumably interrupting this or disrupting it in some way will provide some sort of effect. And if we don't do that, then obviously there's going to be some sort of counter. Presumably, at this vision, it would make for wonderful like burr pit footage if nothing else of like a battle of the limpets <laughs> you know with a thargoid in one of our ships and just like a dozen of our limpets and a dozen of their limpets just fighting over the fighting over all the escape pods would make awesome footage i don't know what Raider purpose it would Val- serve sort of raid of the valkyries playing in the background yeah yeah yeah. Takes place. <laughs> yeah ben yeah just something has just dawned on me with what you guys were saying there i was like do we know what Mr. Dawn is doing with these these escape pods? It's a family I'm... of four. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Um, yeah, well, let's be honest. We don't, he's either um, wanting to rescue people out of the goodness of his heart, or basically he's, he's interested in other people's hearts. Running a sausage factory. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, <laughs> so you what's in the kebab. You don't want to know. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, I must admit, it, I did quite like seeing this thing. Uh, of course, the sound design was absolutely excellent. It's always nice to see that um, uh, that you know the the givers hit uh, hints about what's coming. Um, I'm hoping that. Um, that update 16 will be about the same size as update 15. Uh, so there'll be something that big hidden away in update um, 16. But one thing that I am scared of is that if we ever get on board the high ship, mothership, whatever kind of ship it is, and we start walking through the corridors, that we'll come across these feeding tubes where they shove the 
people in and they're eaten by larvae. That's, that's what I think. Mutated into Fargoid bits. You get collected by a limpet and then you get turned into one. Yes. Effectively. <laughs> <laughs> There's this, um, the 1978 Battlestar Galactica had something similar in it, and that haunted me as a six, seven-year-old for quite a while. Because, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, they, the hunter, this new hunter class will be part of the, <laughs> the new uh, Update 16. It was always interesting that Darren was in chat when this came out, and he said he referred to the new Hunter class guide as his baby. So, this should spark off a whole load of new theories that he's controlling every one of these sides, and not the not liners. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought he was busy going around in wedding barges, shouting annoying <laughs> dialogue. <laughs> well, maybe that's what he's moved on to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we know he's not in, in Elite Dangerous. Um, uh, do we have a copy of the vid? Right, if that's the case, could um, Norman, could you be so kind to put that up on the on the theme, on, on the stream, rather? There's one thing that looking at that footage, I did notice that the limpets seem to just swarm round it, just like the Thargoins, the Thargons do. Um, do you think it's sort of it's only got a set number of them? What do you mean exactly, Con? Well, let's say um, if you manage to shoot down all its all eight of its limpets, because it'll probably have eight because the Thargoids. It's five if you look at the video. All right. Well, if you manage to it shoot comes them in, down, it looks like a pentagram. And there's five of them. Hmm. Yeah, I just I wonder. You're saying, has it got a limited supply? And if we shoot all its limpets, have we effectively stopped it from stopped it and made it run away? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and I want. I wonder what its um, defensive and attack capabilities are. It sounds mean, but but I got I got a sneaky suspicion they'll only send this thing in if um, if it thinks this this. Uh, the situation is secure. I mean, we might have it with um, maybe a glaive or two running de defense. But, um, hmm. What does anybody else think? I like the idea of ha it having a set number because it's got a lot more at any one point than we can have. But we can replenish ours and make it be quite mm. cool if it couldn't. What what is the most Olympics we can control at any one time? Is it four or is it? I thought it was more actually. I thought it was quite a lot. I'm sure I've seen videos with loads, but maybe that's group mining. I suppose that's group mining. Um, yeah, it's. I think it is four. Okay, yeah, maybe it's four. Yeah, four collect Olympics that running at a time. Um, well, Biggin raises a good point actually. If they'll if PDC will work because uh, it does look they do look like they've got a shield on them. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and Digital I mean, the point is saying that they have five on their minor just now. 
Oh right, um, okay. Of course, because it's probably uh, it's. Uh, I'm thinking per controller, so I guess you could have multiple Olympic controllers. Can you have multiple Olympic controllers? Yeah, you can. You yes, can. of course you can. Uh, yeah. I've got multiple Olympic controllers on on this very yeah. ship okay. I'm in just now. Yeah. <laughs> no. No digital Drew is just showing off. He says he can run seven <laughs> Olympics at the same time. Well, <laughs> nice. nice. Uh, the, I mean, the, I mean, can you target? Well, we can target other Olympics, can we? Um, you know, you see someone yeah. launch. We can actually target one of someone's Olympics and shoot it down if we wanted to. I always wondered about whether you. I'm assuming you can shoot them. I've always. Want, I suppose they're tiny. So in, well, in point defence cannons can take them out. Can they? Okay. What other yes. people's limpets? Oh yeah. Point oh. defence. Um, if if you if they are hostile to you, uh, I think that in that case, what happens is the point defence will uh, fire off, and I've had my ship saved several times. Uh, when in power play, when someone's fired off a couple of limpets at me. Okay, interesting. So, of course, hatch breakers. I, I keep forgetting yeah. that things like hatch breakers can be used against other players. I'm so used to using them on capital ship, uh, you know, mega ships and things. Yeah, of course. That's what they yeah. were designed for originally, wasn't it? It was. The pirate in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about piracy. Bring back piracy. Yeah. Does the EMC work on limpets as well, or is it just is it just point defense? Don't know. No, no, fair enough. Well, we'll sort that one out. Uh, we'll have a look into that later then. Uh, right, moving on from uh, the the glaive. No, not the glaive. The the, the scythe. Redacted. No, redacted. Yes. Um, no, actually, that's an interesting point. Uh, we have to apologise to JN Tracks um, over at the Loose Screws podcast because. We've been winding him up like an old alarm clock. <laughs> Honestly, he's been ready to pop for the last two weeks. And um, all about whether or not it's... Would you consider the scythe to mean it's uh, it's basically... A scythe, is a scythe a fantasy weapon? Because I keep on thinking of death, and no, yes, no. it will be, but it it's is a, a pull arm, isn't it? It's not even that. It's a farming implement, isn't it? That's what you used to go and you know cut wheat down with, isn't it? Now I am going to steal an idea from loose screws, but but I just loved this. I thought this was this was genius, you know. So <laughs> we've got the hunter. It's, it's the side the gatherer, <laughs> and then there's, there's this whole hunter gatherer <laughs> train of thought that it led me down. Um, yeah, it led me far too deep actually, and I ended up drawing very stupid <laughs> one man and his star god pictures. But let's maybe we shouldn't go there. I like the idea of the bullets off of you. Know, and the other one you there if we can do. Well, the thing is, you see, where my thinking was going was like you've got hunter gatherer, and then with, there's probably more, you know, more to come. So what's the next one going to be? So then I, I googled and ended up on the word pastoral, and that led me to sheep. And then my thinking was going, well, what what would what would sheep be? You'd have like a interceptor as the shepherd, and the <laughs> and the scythe as the dog, and then yeah. And, yeah. and what would what would the sheep kind be? Would that just be what Fargoids count at night to fall asleep? God knows. I swear to God, if anyone's looking at that picture, I spent I spent far too long. <laughs> I, honestly, I hadn't been drinking or anything, but it was just you know sometimes your thought patterns go a certain way. 
<laughs> seemed very funny to me at the time, but it looks like absolute madness now. Yes, um, someone someone needs to go over to quick go over to uh, uh, Alex and and bring him the white help. coat. It's a nice white coat, Alec. Don't worry. Just put your arm through here. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we had Tom. Uh, Tom Cool on the uh, on the uh, Frame Shift Live as well, uh, and what was the the graduate um, the graduate uh, programmer? What was his that name? Would, Matt. That would be Max. Max. Yeah, Max. I didn't catch the last <laughs> name, but it would be Max. So we had Tom and Max, and they were discussing uh, a lot of the mechanics that were involved by. Uh, that's going to be involved in 16 without actually letting any of the plot go. Well done, guys. I thought that was quite good. But one of the things they did discuss was an awful lot of the remnant uh, missions where how difficult it was to do that. And one of the things that really excited me was the fact that they actually had coded it so that you could have someone uh, basically flying point defense in a ship so that if um, if basically someone was in trouble and they had brought in reinforcements, the person in the ship could actually take out the reinforcements, and they'd they'd had they'd put in circuit, you know, contingencies for all that, which I thought was. Yeah. You know, well, well thought it's, out. It's a lovely idea, isn't it? And it, it's a shame. You know, it, it set me thinking about why, in practice, as players, we just don't do these things. You know, they're just, for whatever reason, they're just kind of not necessary. I mean, obviously, you know, there is there is gameplay to for a ship to take out the the reinforcing scouts or the players on ground, but in practice, you just kind of don't need to, do you? It's quite difficult. I, I guess game design is quite difficult. It's quite difficult to build a game where where that's necessary and and fun and works. You know where you you get to these settlements. You think right. What I in order to complete this mission, what I really need is an escort in a ship, and the ship will do this, and I'll do that, and that's you know. But in practice, we don't do it, do we? No, we don't. Uh, although I must admit. Um... There was a couple of times when me, Ben, and the legendary Ralph, we tried that, didn't we? We were trying to do some of those um, guard the MacGuffin things, and me and Ralph were on the ground, and you were flying about in a ship. How did it play? Was it was it fun? I mean, or was it? It worked, except the I, fact I that we were for useless. About two seconds. What in your ship? Yeah. You know, yeah. Take my ship down. Was that because very very of badly the... hurt by the the anti aircraft stuff? Okay, because that's really interesting, Ben. Because recently, in the in the light, latest fifteen point oh two, yeah, they said they were not they increased the time, relevant. didn't they? Yeah. So, so, so what they're thinking is, okay, the ground troops go in and they disable the guns, and then now they've increased the time, so that gives you what is it, five minutes instead it of two minutes? It gives you a minutes. bit longer to. Yeah, it gives it. It's ten minutes now. So they're trying, you know, that they're, they're they're fixing bugs to make this kind of um, sphere, sphere of combat. Yeah. Combat thing work um yeah i mean yeah. i definitely i am a full believer in spaceships giving support to ground troops giving support to people in tanks or scarabs and things you know that is a very very important and awesome and great thing yeah I'd love the to only thing i wish we, i wish we could have <laughs> gravity bombs in in elite if we actually if we get this whole sphere of combat thing going i would love a gravity bomb 
you know what I want I want to do is that um, as soon as I fly over one of these sites and you've got uh, players all running around trying to shoot each other, I want to fly over one of those sites and just jettison a whole 32 tonnes of bio-waste <laughs> out the back and see how many people I squish when they I all I wonder if you them. can squish people with, bio- with canisters. That would be fun as well. Oh, no, you can do. I'm, I'm sure you can do. I think that's an experiment for next time. We're going to have, need someone to volunteer, Ben, to stand in a place and people will try and hit him with canisters and see whether it has physical damage. It'll have to be high G, otherwise these things will just float to the ground and gently bounce off his helmet. And Well, no, because if you think about it, you could, dry, you could dive bomb it. Oh, I suppose so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, it's... Uh... Try different options. We can so throw we're, lots we're of waste them. We're going for mass drivers, essentially. Effectively, yes. <laughs> what, I've, what I've often thought, I've, I've not got around to doing it, it's sort of on my list of things to do, that, um, is, is to make a video, effectively, you know, 100 ways to die in Elite Dangerous and, and really just start thinking outside the box of amusing ways to kill people and then just get video footage of, <laughs> of each and every one. <laughs> So yeah, there, there's something for to put out to people. First person to see um, to die by a, a canister of bio waste, I think, deserves a prize. I was going to say, hold on, let, let me see. Oh, no, um, let me see if there's anywhere I can actually land here. And if anybody wants to come and shoot me, oh, and and dive bomb me with bio waste, they can do. <laughs> um, there you go. Yeah, I'm uh, to everyone in the live stream. I'm in VUKURBEH system, uh, and I'm now looking for somewhere to go in it. Excellent. That's, that sounds a fantastic idea. <laughs> and do we have any, any um, skins left over to hand out as prizes? Because I think we do actually. We've got, we, we've got a couple of things that have been unclaimed. Yeah, well, if that's the case, if you can do a dam busters on Ben with with a bounce, a bouncing, a bouncing bio waste, I think we'll have an absolute win there. You know, I'll um, I'm gonna whoever uh, they are. Let me, if they send me a PM in game, I'll invite them to the party because um, I want to find somewhere that's actually in the sun to give them a good chance. It's quite hard. It's going to be like trying to bullseye want rats. Exactly. But they're only two metres wide, and, and I'm sure that Ben is a lot wider than two metres. Maybe in reality I am, but not in game. I'm sorry, Ben. I didn't mean it. I was going for the cheap gag. I do apologise. <laughs> ah, sorry. Right, moving on from there. Tom was also discussing um, about... Uh, doing some comparisons actually with uh, some Halo devs who were talking about how things have a they're adding things with a specific purpose to the to their game. For example, there's only at one time only one sniper sniper rifle in Halo because there's only one sniper role. So it's like roles you need equipment for certain roles and that's all the equipment you need for that role. Uh, but the the minute changes they have to do in order to get what that role feels like is phenomenal. Because sometimes you get it first time, and very, very rarely, but then sometimes it feels better not point not one percent of a second later. You know, there's a, a delay between the two shots or, or things like that. So, 
Yeah, I, yeah. I bet it's really. I mean, it sounded. I, I, I was fascinated actually. If anyone knows, I, I should do some googling. If anyone knows the video that Tom was referring to, I'd be quite curious to watch actually because I find that kind of stuff fascinating. You have things you take for granted as the player of a game, and then you realise just how much effort and fine tuning goes into making something. The difference between something working and it not working in terms of feel as a player, I think it's fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's funny you should mention that. I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent here. Don't worry, I'll bring it back. But in the other game, uh, the citizens that are flying around stars, um, there, there, there was um, somebody high up did a, a presentation to Manchester University about game design. And one of the things that he was actually discussing was the, the kind of thing about, you know, uh, listening to to feedback coming back from the forums and then comparing it to their metrics that they're getting from back from the game and they're finding out that no matter who's shouting loudest on the forums that's not what the metrics are telling them yeah yeah it's true isn't it you can't lie with the metrics you know when somebody on the forum says everybody is dying in elevators and it turns out only seven people all week died in an elevator it's hard to argue with that <laughs> yeah, I just I just found it fascinating that sort of the uh, the metrics seem to be so so different from uh, the way that uh, people were portraying things on the forums. Yeah, it, yes. Well, I'll bring it back now, and but we'll bring it back to the forums because the Galnet News Roundup by uh, Paul was put out on the forums. We had two weeks of. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks of uh, Paul's unique take with the uh, the Galnet. Um, yes, <laughs> uh, we'll just point you in the direction of it. We're not going to spoil it for you because it is full of Paul goodness. I actually completely missed this one. I need to go back and reread it because it's always great stuff. <laughs> uh, in addition to that, um, Frameshift Live they have now planned out and published the schedule for all the uh, frameshift lives for the rest of the year. So we're looking at uh, July the 20th, August the 17th, September the 14th, October the 5th, November the 23rd, uh, and Friday and December the 14th, which will be the holiday special. <laughs> so that's that that's one all planned out. Yeah, uh, this Halloween season begins, so um I guess that'll be paint jobs, won't it? I suppose that's the usual. Yeah. I wonder, if they've got, I wonder if they've got anything else in mind. Didn't we get a treasure hunt? We did. Last Halloween? We did. And was there's that also the Yes. yes. Well, that, that, that was, was one year. Stuff, that was good stuff, yeah. Yeah, that was one year. And it was, great. It was quite spooky, especially the way it ended. In addition, um, those of you who had Steam... Uh, installed may have noticed that there was a massive update and upheaval uh, amongst your files um, on Monday. Now this was mostly due to the fact that Frontier had now switched um, Elite Dangerous default mode over to live, which meant that if you had not installed live and you had legacy installed, what would have happened? It would have wiped your game put live on your machine and then on top of that if you still want to go back to legacy you'd have to download legacy again and then delete live <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it did, it did seem to be a, a bit of a long-winded way to do it, but um, I guess yeah. from now on... I mean, I guess we, yeah, we, on, we, we, like, we touched on it on the show because obviously, obviously, obviously if you buy, um, <clears throat> you know, if you buy Odyssey on Steam as a brand new player, then it, it's a bit much to, to not get the live game, which I think was the previous situation. I think people mm-hmm. were still getting Legacy, which is obviously wrong. But the fix, uh, I, I don't know if it's out of Frontier's hands and how much is, is you know, it's just Steam making it difficult, but, but the fix is a bit drastic. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of um, aggro salt on the forums. It, it speaks exactly to what you were just saying, Colin, about the metrics. Maybe in practice, it's like three incidents but if you read the forums it sounds like everyone is having an absolute freaking nightmare with steam you know removing the game or installing the game twice or people that have been already playing odyssey having to wait half an hour while it reinstalls it again um yeah i don't know, I, it, I don't know how to it, call it whether whether it's bad or not it, it sounds quite bad yeah, it it was. Um, uh, yeah, I must admit, I was I was there with uh, my Steam library on Monday, and uh, when the update hit, I was halfway through <laughs> downloading um, the latest patch for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and of course that means everything was happening at once. I just sort of had to walk away from the computer for yeah. half an hour <laughs> because <laughs> they were all competing with one another. So yeah, that that was fun, uh, but yes. So the upshot so of sorry. On. So what was your situation? So you already had Odyssey installed on Steam. Yeah, I have Odyssey reinstalled uh, it. I know it verified it. Oh, okay, okay. So um, I got a sneaking suspicion. It's still got to. Uh, it doesn't download the file. It just checks to see that you've got the latest file, but it still has to do a lot of toing and froing back to the server. Yeah. Um, Elvis Crowman in the uh, in the chat room saying, "Well, that I'm afraid that's how Steam works, sadly, which is a bit of a pain." So, yeah, I, I didn't really follow it, and I don't know how much this was just a minority shouting loudly. But there was a lot. I saw a lot of discussion on the forum about the fact that something to do with Odyssey being marked as DLC affecting the way tr- Steam treats it. I don't know. I can imagine it being annoying if you've only got a limited bit of playtime. You know, like I said, uh, the the intro, like I've got, you know, I don't get that much time to play in game. And if you log in and you you suddenly have the hankering for Elite and the pop-up appears saying, yeah, you've got 30 minutes to go, you'd be like, oh, oh, well, that was my playtime for tonight then. (laughs) I mean, it's only a day, but yeah, I did get it. Yeah, well, um, let's have some sympathy for Commander Turkarov because he basically got Elite Dangerous on Steam on three separate PCs, which meant he needed to download 54 gigabytes plus a 10 gigabyte download for each of them. <laughs> so, yeah. Ouch. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good job you, they don't charge by. Uh, yeah, he, he's saying he's lost it's about a good job four. Not in America. Yes, it, it, oh, it's not charged by the megabyte. It's not charged by the megabyte or or things like that. Um, he's does anybody, says it, go on. Does anyone know if you could have made a backup of your Elite Dangerous live? Um, sorry, your Elite Dangerous Legacy app. Made a made a zip of that. Go off and do the whole. Please go and update thing. Then interrupt it quickly and then reslide in your backup. 
to say, no, don't download it. I've got the whole bloody thing here. No, um, I don't think they could do that. What you could have done is instead of re-downloading Legacy, restore your backup and verify the files. Yeah, so that's what's running. You know, it's it's not going to stop you from downloading live. We have to accept you got live. But if you did want to go back to Legacy... Without having to download it again, yeah. I guess you could have done that. I would have assumed you could do that, but I don't know. But you, no, it still would have asked you to to verify your files, which probably yeah. would have taken and and but it's going to save not a huge much. amount. Yeah, yeah. So yes, yeah, so that's that's been all the development news in Elite Dangerous this week. Quite a lot. There um, is one, there is one thing. I, is that what I was about to say about Sandro? Well, you were saying that's everything, and I was like, no, it's not. Yeah, just have a little faith here. Have a little faith. I was you about. Know, you to... don't normally do one more things. God's <laughs> sake, you bloody apple! Uh, finally, I was going to you Steve Jobs oh, next. Jeez, I'm just trying to get a word in edgeways now before he starts really off <laughs> ranting off on one. Uh, for those of you who are interested to know what happened to Sandro Samarco. Uh, he Sandy was actually on the Warhammer Age of Sigmar Realms of Ruin stream, which was happening uh, earlier in the week. So I don't think the Space Loach was involved because it probably would be considered a heretic <laughs> and purged. So yes, I don't know my Warhammer non 40k law, but does does normal Warhammer have heresy? Normal Warhammer. Yeah. As in, um, well, it's not. It's not forty k. Oh, you mean the fantasy one? Yeah. Well, they do have witchfinders, which is pretty much the same as in Inquisitors. But uh, yeah, because they do have these these characters that go looking for chaos. <laughs> yeah, I, li- I like Lennon's idea. The chaos loach is confirmed. <laughs> yeah. I so think, yeah, I think I'm the chaos loach, aren't I? Um, oh yeah, and finally, there was um, there is one final thing. Uh, Frontier published their results uh, for last year, uh, or their interim results rather. Uh, Elite Dangerous didn't get a mention, uh, but as far as the the company was concerned, it made a slight profit this year, um, despite uh, having to bite uh, approximately seven million pounds worth of uh, development cost of from Odyssey uh, they still actually made a, about a million pounds profit um, however th- that's quite disappointing for the stock market because they were expecting quite a bit more uh, and there has been problems with the F1 game so hopefully F1 2023 will be better for them <laughs> and that's been announced for some time in July Ouch. End of July, actually. So, yeah, the, the, as far as the rest of the company is concerned, they're still cash-rich. They still have plenty of reserves. They've made a slight profit this year, uh, but they're hoping that now that they've taken, bitten the big one with Odyssey, uh, then hopefully next year will be a lot rosier. So, yeah. It, it just kind of goes to show how much they had uh, put aside for console versions and uh, and so on that it it just kind of showed how much it it missed really yeah yeah it's interesting we're still seeing the after effects of that 
Even now, yeah. So, uh, I think we will move away from the development news and frontier onto the community news about what the community has been up to. Well, first off, we will uh, wave to the High Wake, who have come out with a brand new uh, animated short called Materials. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Uh, stuff as always. Is this the one at the Guardian site? I can't. can't yes, it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah the, the, the high week. Well, let's give them a wave. Well done. Uh, also, uh, we have during the is is Amani expedition. The Independent Explorers Association hosted their first mountain climbing tour, which took place at some of the most breathtaking mountains in the region. Um, we have a link in the YouTube for the YouTube at Mountains of Dreams hiking in as Annie. <laughs> uh, so we've put a link in the show notes for that. Um, I think that's it, it. It really is quite impressive what they've managed to do there. It's, but, a, it's uh, a lovely video, isn't it? I don't know if you've watched it, I haven't, but um, what's re- what I really liked, which I just you don't see much of, is it. It really <clears throat> there's lots of footage of like maybe three or four commanders in SRVs, and I think you've got a mixture of SRVs, you know, so you've got scabs and scorpions, and and maybe half a dozen or so commanders on foot as well, and they're all just sort of running up mountains together, and it's just really beautiful sort of footage of of this wonderfully diverse community just um, having a bloody good day out. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Excellent. Well, we'll move on to the next thing. And that is the buckyball. Now, the the, the I I tried this route. I, I I first of all reconnoitered it and tried to work out what the best way was to fly the route. I then had two attempts and and failed miserably on both, <laughs> as anybody who watched my Twitch streams over the weekend found out. Uh, but Alec, it's been an, it's been a fun one. This one, I think, this one's been the most enjoyable so far this year. I I really think this is one of the all time classic buckyball races. I just think it was absolute genius. And what what I hadn't initially realised. So a, a bit of a confession, but when I plan a buckyball race, I um I don't know. I come up with a concept. And then I, you know, I will trial it and I'll visit it and I'll, I'll make sure that it can be done in, you know, 30 minutes or less because anymore and it, you know, it's too much of a demand on people. And, but things like jump distances and whether or not they happen to be just slightly less than the route plotter will allow that, that all falls out as coincidences with my race. But what, what I'm sort of learning is that Skur planned this race in meticulous detail he's posted a thread on the forum recently there are there's so many beautiful things about this race um so on the face of it it's you know six structures scattered across five systems mm-hmm. um so you have to fly through things in all of the six structures but then you have all these lovely wrinkles so one is that Two of those structures are in pairs there are two installations in uh, one system and there in another system has both a uh, capital ship and uh, a station with a, a, a ring you have to fly under. Yeah. Uh, now, what's, this is all deliberate. So what's really cool is that the, the, the Empire capital ship and the station are close enough that it's worth supercruising. 
from one to the other. But the two installations in the TNNOG system, it's not. You, you're better off jumping to one of the other waypoints and then coming back to do the other installation. That's faster than the supercruise, which takes ages. Um, so, 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 you know, that was carefully planned. And actually, a really cool thing happened. I think it was on Thursday or Friday. One of the racers spotted that because the two installations in Tiernanog were orbiting different planets, mm -hmm. for, for a day, the planets came into alignment such that suddenly the supercruise between them was faster than jumping to a different system, which that was just a beautiful bit of synchronicity, or, you know, sort of what's the word when it's slightly random, but beautiful <laughs> um another thing that's that was really interesting for the regular regulation class is that the um so the the regulation cobra's laden range is about um 24 light years yes and, and that is the range that the the root plot well the root plotter doesn't take into account fuel no it doesn't so if the Cobra is empty of fuel, running on fumes, it can actually jump a good bit over 26 light years. And one of the systems, and this was very carefully planned, one of the two of the systems rather, were 25.8 light years apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in the Cobra, if you plotted a route between those, it would save two jumps. But if you were cunning and did it halfway through your run, for example, when your fuel tank was half empty, you could do that in one. And then having done it in one, it left you with very little fuel. So then you had to scoop, which is quite slow. <laughs> yes. Oh, there were so many trade-offs. It was just beautiful. Hats off to Skur for planning this. It's a, a work of genius, and it was bloody yes. good fun. I, I managed to join, the, for the first time, the 1% Club. Oh, well done. Yeah. <laughs> I boosted through one of the tunnels, clipped it, and went went spinning out the other end. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there was just... There was lots of spinning. I have some great stats, actually, that Skur sent out today. So he had... Oh, excellent. Um, Let's hear them. Right, here we go. He had 108 submissions from 36 separate races. Um, wow. At, Is that the highest so far? It's one of the highest, yeah. I think mm. um, I think uh, Sulu had a lot for... I can't remember what he did now. What was Sulu's race? Anyway, the, the first one, I think it was, um, had also had over 100. Um, that account... That meant that there was about 1,150 screenshots to be judged, examined and judged. <laughs> there were 55% of the submissions were in the unlimited class and 45% were in regulation. Okay. Uh, there were 27 final times on the regulation board, 17 of which did attempted the trench run. So for those that don't know, the trench run was something that the Newton's Gambit flight assist off people tend to do as a little practice thing where you, you run through one of the inner structures of a rotating Coriolis. Um, I, I had brief discussions with Skur before the race, or, or he sort of reached out to me and we were trying to decide if it was too difficult, should we include it, should we not include it. Um, it ended up being an optional feature, but absolutely delighted. So many people gave it a go. 17 of the 27 in regulation attempted it and 15 of the 26 in unlimited attempted it. Um, I attempted of, it and failed it. <laughs> yes. How many goes did you give it? Cause I, I, I gave it, I, I gave it about a, a two, a, two attempts. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, I just, yeah, I couldn't, I just couldn't get the angle right in order to, to fly down that trench. It's because the damn thing's rotating as well. So you're yeah. sort of fighting. It's, 
Yeah. Yeah. And I was doing all this in, in VR, which is, is, um, I, it's amazing that when I, I got up close to the, uh, the ship, uh, the, the station in VR, how much detail there actually still is, oh, uh, when you get that close, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's really good. And and um, I want I was going to do this at the end, but I'll give a, we'll include this in the show notes. But um, Commander Homburger has a fantastic blog which he's been maintaining, and he's done write-ups for a great many of our races now, and they're always really good and really descriptive. Uh, we'll put a link in for this one, but this mm-hmm. one is entitled "You Are Required to Maneuver Straight Down This Trench." <laughs> and it's it's like a you know a, a sort of classic commander's tale of being relatively new to buckyball and trying things that he's never tried before. It's a really good read, but we'll put that. Yes. In Shall I give the final scores before we move on? Please do. What are the scores on the doors? So uh, let I can't believe have... I said that. I really can't believe I said that. I was going to zoom in on the picture in the show notes, and I realised it doesn't zoom. So let me find it elsewhere. In regulation class. Um, in first place in regulation class, we have Osric. Osric's a big fan of, of regulation. He, he tends to favour the regulation rather than picking any old ship. Great to see him come first. Uh, 16 minutes, 16 seconds was his adjusted time, which is ludicrous. He did a trench run, but he didn't do... Oh, there was the other bonus, which is called the Turner, the Turner Tactical Bonus, where you had to do a sort of backflip and fly backwards through one of the things. Um, he only got 20 seconds for that, and that was a very risky manoeuvre. I think I found that. I mean, I think everyone roughly said that was the hardest thing to pull off. Anyway, yeah, so first place, Osric. Second place was Kevin the Stabber, who I know I see we have in chat. Bravo, Kevin the Stabber. Bravo, Kevin. Uh, third place was Brusky, uh, and just missing out on the podium in fourth place was Reiko. And in Unlimited, at number one, no massive surprise, it's Shea Blackwood, flying the fabulous Viper Mark III. I mean, 12 minutes, 16 seconds, it, it's just, I don't understand. I don't understand. It's like Verstappen, but nicer. It's it's like when you get to the top end of these leaderboards, you know, the top ten, say top five maybe, it's 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 seconds between the times because everyone's, you know, done twenty runs over the course of the week, thirty runs, God knows, you know, and they're they're honing off seconds at this point. So then in Unlimited you've got Shea on twelve minutes sixteen in first place. And then in second place is Akin Bosch, who's over a minute and 10 seconds behind. So how Shea goes faster, a minute faster than his nearest competitor, is, is just mind-boggling. At least he didn't do it this time in an orca. <laughs> yes, he did it in a proper racing ship. Second place was Akin Bosch, 13 minutes. Third place was Brusky again. Uh, and uh, just again, narrowly missing out on the podium was Reiko again. So two Vipers, two Imperial Couriers, and then a host of fabulous other ships. Anything stupid? Oh, yes, we have an Orca. Disemboweled Orca, um, disemboweled Ego. From uh, He is um, tends to hang out with Ghost Giraffe. He, oh, right. He did it in an Orca, which is um, quite impressive. So, yeah, 17, min- 17 minutes, 48. So, wow. <laughs> It's just the thought of getting the orca through those blooming tunnels. Yeah, it's a bit of How? a bit of an interference fit, I think is the engineering term. 
yeah, but the the tunnel bends, and the and the ship doesn't. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> anyway, great I see that, and I think yeah. the um, I think the um, championship points leaderboards will be up tomorrow. Yeah, everybody on the one point club as usual. <laughs> Uh, right, well, moving on from there, uh, we have Commander da- Das Jav has released a little teaser for the little SRV animation. Um, I haven't had a chance to see this. Has anybody else? I am I for the just... little watch of it. <laughs> sorry. No, it's right. Yeah, no, I, literally clicked, I, I literally just clicked on the, the, the link as I was reading the show notes. I've seen tiny teases of this so i've seen pictures on his twitch so for, for people that i don't think he's done one for a while but people that might have forgotten das jab does these lovely little hand-drawn um you know 2d hand-drawn cartoons of the little srv been doing oh yes a couple of yes. years i think and then he's been teasing these 3d models that he's obviously been constructing of an srv in I don't know. Would it be Blender? Somebody more technically minded than me might be able to know what he's doing them in. But um, mm. yes, he's released a little animated teaser today, so it looks like he's he's moving to 3D for the little SRV, which is very exciting. Excellent, excellent. Um, and the final bit we have is uh, the Burr Pit. Uh, for those of you who already know, uh, as Alex said earlier, the there is the Burr, They've got their PitsCon convention or get together, which is in September. Uh, they have now just published the itinerary of what they're planning on doing. So there'll be Commander Tokoso there doing actually live music. There'll be miniatures games. We they've got uh, Starship simulators devs turning up because they're they're showing their their um, their new game, which is basically. Uh, I think the best way to describe it is bridge crew, but unofficial. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, is it going to be like a multi-workstation game, a bit like... Um... I was under the impression it was. Is that the one that I suggested that we try sometime, Colin? Um, it's in alpha at the moment, I think. Yeah, it's in alpha at the moment. It's got, if I remember correctly, it's got quite a nice-looking Jupiter and things like that. It looks very much like Star Trek, but it's not quite Star Trek. Well, it can't be Star Trek because of, yeah. <clears throat> of reasons. legal reasons. Yes. Yes, but you know, um, oh, there's there's something. Um, Bridge Crew apparently got an update the other day. I thought uh, they cancelled this. I, I thought did I, but apparently it just turns out they were just updating some music. Okay. <laughs> I got all excited, thinking, "Oh, we've got another reason to go back in," but no. Yeah. Uh, so, right, we'll have a quick ad break, and then we'll come back with the in-game events. Get ready. L-A-V. There's bargains, bargains, bargains at Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium. Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium haven't just been slicing carcasses, but also slicing their prices. All unspecified meat sausages, now two for the price of one. A pack of assorted meat steaks, now with 50% more meat at half the price. How about chops? Our surprising meat chops now also 50% off. And introducing our massive meat hamper. It's a family of four. No, 
No, no, that should say feeds a family of four, right? Stick to the script, Claire. It says it's a family of four. Okay, I'll stick to the script. Yeah, you do that. It's a family of four. Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium. Find us in the Lave Business Directory or visit us next to the station mortuary. Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium. You'll wonder how our prices are so low. We all know what it's like. You're busy managing your settlement when suddenly the alarms go off. Oh no, not again. That's right. A commander with a Federation naval rank of Admiral, an Imperial King no less, has landed in a ship worth over 100 million credits and is killing all your staff while they look around for a 10 credit adhesive to glue an upgraded scope to their 100,000 credit assault rifle. They fly away with their super glue and you're left with a problem. How are you going to get your agricultural plant back up and running? How am I going to get my plant up and running? How are you going to find staff at short notice? How am I going to find staff at short notice? How are you going to deal with all those bodies? There's bodies everywhere. And they've stained the carpet. Wonder no longer. Call Ari's Crime Scene Cleanup Services. Hello, I'm Ari. Clary's mine. After a sudden increase in robberies and murders by commanders since 3307, I've gained valuable expertise in cleaning up bodies, recruiting new staff and restocking stationary lotters. Now you can benefit from my experience by signing up to our Crime Scene Cleanup Service subscription plan. That's right. For only a small monthly fee, when your settlement alarms are activated, our rapid response cleanup crew will be dispatched, along with our patented Cadaver Scoop 150. The Cadaver Scoop 150 can be mounted to surface reconnaissance vehicles and skimmers to make tidying up your settlement a breeze. Wow, the bodies are gone. Our recruitment team has potential new employees on standby across the galaxy, ready to fill your vacant roles in security, logistics, administration, processing, and more. My plan's operational again. Thanks, Aries Crime Scenes Cleanup Services. Aries Crime Scene Cleanup Services. We'll have your settlement as good as new before the next ship arrives. Cadaver Scoop 150 disposal bags sold separately. Lave Radio, broadcasting to every corner of the galaxy. And welcome back. Well, we're going to touch on the in-game events of what's been happening this week. Uh, and uh, I'm afraid to say not much. Uh, on the 15th, on Thursday the 15th of June, uh, Aegis and Azimuth started their CG for competing for Titan samples. Um, yes, this, this is, this is the, the CG that we're all waiting for. We knew that there, there was, it was coming. Um, as soon as you saw those samples on the Titan, you thought that's going to be part of a CG. Um, however, it's uh, it's not had the take up that a lot of people were expecting. Uh, I know that I've still got to get in and actually get some. <laughs> it's it's uh, an interesting experiment, I think. I mean, when we talked about it on last week's show, I sort of threw in. That they'd probably, you know, often when they do CGs, there's a mixed bag of things that you, you know, for a delivery CG, there's a mixed bag of things you need. And 
some of them are harder to get than others. But so I'd sort of suggested that, well, we'll probably have tightened tissue samples because that's fun. But I, I sort of just assumed they'd throw in some easier to get things as well. But no, they are. It is purely tightened tissue samples. So I, it's fascinating because normally I, I, I did, you know, I had a look on Inara and places like that. And, and normally CGs get, you know, between a thousand, two and a half thousand contributors maybe over the course of the the week and i think the aegis one is currently on 400 yeah 174 contributors to the aegis okay. one at the okay. moment and up. 321 but on the on the other one but i mean those those could be doublers as well yeah it's true because uh you do it's not one of these things well elite dangerous has never had as soon as you choose one side you can't choose the other mm. It's, it's always you've always had the option to do both. Yeah, shame, true, but shame. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm kind of with you on this one, Alex. Sorry, um, sorry, Colin, you were about to speak. No problem. Um, I'm kind of with you, Alec, on this one, um, where the sort of limiting it to the Titan samples makes it awful difficult to contribute. Um, I also think people are probably hoarding a lot of their uh, Titan samples that they've got just in case they're going to be required for some sort of unlock down the line maybe uh, i mean yeah. i feel like i feel like probably the bigger numbers what's the contribution so so the people that are contributing between so top 10 commanders are between 459 and 2000 jesus how they probably already <laughs> hoarded them right they probably already had a load piled up and they've just yeah i mean it. definitely that's one where uh it's, it's one where you can store it on the fleet carrier, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's tricky, right? I mean, you've got... So So in my... I mean, I'm, I'm just doing this in the Chieftain, but I've only got 16 tons of... Sorry, units. I'm not allowed to use tons anymore. Units of corrosion-resistant cargo. So I'm, you know, I'm going out with 16 limpets. And I'm coming out, if I'm lucky, with 16 samples. So after three days, I think I'm on 36 samples delivered. Oh, Jesus. So how yeah, well, you get into the hundreds, you know, I, I mean, obviously bigger ship, I suppose, but... Yeah, well, the, the problem is, of course, these things are corrosive as well. I mean, we, the, the numbers yeah, exactly. are low yeah. because this is a difficult one to do. Well, let's I compare mean, experiences. So, so, so okay. I've been really enjoying it, but... Um, yeah. Uh, we see the problem is I have been... I have been getting glaved left, right and centre. So by the time I get into the maelstrom itself, I'm already really frustrated. <laughs> and my patience has gone. Uh, and the main problem that I've got after that point is then, first of all, I've only got four tons of non-corrosive or corrosive-proof cargo racks. Right. I don't have the 16-ton uh, the 16-ton cargo bay that you can use if I wanted to do that then I wouldn't be able to contribute at all because I've got to go then and do the whole um, meta alloy run in order to get yeah. them and come back which yeah. was when, when oh. I did my whole you know adventure of getting into the maelstrom which I started months ago I suppose when I sort of saw this coming and sort of thought okay the maelstrom's where it's where it's at I, that was the first thing I did actually so I thought okay let's get the big corrosion resistant cargo wrecks yeah, and then on top of that, there's the difficulty of actually getting out again. 
Yes. Because th- there was um, one time I was, I was I was making an escape. I had four tons on me, which is the most I could have. Uh, I was running out of limpets, left, right, and centre. Um, almost got out of the cloud, got hit by one of the caustic generators. Boom, that was it. Yeah. So that was basically start to finish of an hour, just gone, wasted. Yeah. And don't get me started on the bloody glaives because um, originally I thought, okay, interesting. I'm, I'm enjoying having the challenge of these glaives. Now I'm just finding them bloody tiresome. <laughs> just trying to escape them is just, it's such a frustrating experience. Uh, so, do you know what the yeah. glaive reminds me of? It's what, so uh, what, a really bad suppository. <laughs> Let's not go back there again. We've <laughs> uh, the, what the glaive reminds me of when you get caught by one, and you know, I really think I've, I really think I've, I've got around the glaives now. But when you get caught by glaive, what it reminds me of is when you get caught in the exclusion zone of a white dwarf star. Because you're effectively, unless you're pretty lucky, faced with a good 10-minute-long death. And you can fight and you can spend those 10 minutes desperately boosting and... Uh, or you can just pick self-destruct or... But, you know, whatever you do, it, it's really frustrating because you just think, oh, there's nothing I can do to get out of this situation. And it goes on and on. It's like a really slow, painful death. Um, what I... So the one time I did get caught doing this, and I'll come on to why I genuinely think I'm not getting caught anymore. Mm. Um, I, well, actually, no, let, sorry, let me let me do that now, actually. So as I've mentioned on the show several times, I, I mean, maybe it doesn't work for everybody, but it is working for me. Um, the minute I drop out of either an interdiction or a hyperdiction, I mean, my, lit- my finger's on the trigger, and the minute I see normal space spinning around me, I hit that trigger and go straight to silent running and hit boost. It's yeah, like silent running boost. And I just don't get caught by, by glaives. And the only time I got caught was when I didn't, I didn't know for sure if it was a glaive. And I did a few boosts and my temperature was going up. And I thought, ah, oh, rather than waste a heat sink, I'll just come out of silent running now because I'm only another boost away from being able to jump. Yeah. And the minute I came out of silent running, they were on me and they shot me with a missile and my FSD was down and I was into that long, slow, painful death. But otherwise, I've just been silent running boost and not being troubled by them. So basically, is it silent running boost and then that's it? No. So actually, it, it's a series of boosts and you need to watch the temperature. And I, you know, after about my third boost in my chieftain, maybe fourth, my temperature's nudging over 100, at which point I tend to hit a heat sink. Mm. And then I'll do a couple more boosts and I'll only come out of silent running literally just as my frame shift drivers cooled down and I'm going to initiate the jump. Right. Gotcha. Okay. That's, that's something that I've got to practice because I'm getting caught by the, uh, the glaives that hitting me with the lightning. And that's as soon as I'm hit with the lightning, that that's it. I'm just basically, ah, oh, might as well just go back to the beginning. I will uh, say on that long, slow death, the way I've, I've, I've found to make it tolerable is to accept your fate and go into the camera suite and spend the next five minutes trying to get good screenshots of yourself being destroyed by a glaive. It makes the time go much quicker. Uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Death by photograph. Ben? So, I mean, 
Okay, I've managed to get myself a zero ship, zero shield ship, mm. but I did manage to kill a glaive. Nice. Um, now, I was. Yeah, I, I am not. My ship is not able to fly around in the maelstrom for a prolonged period of time. Uh, but I got myself into the thing and I was like, ah, oh, bollocks, I'm interdicted by a glaive. Sod it. Let's just give it a shot. Um,. And I did manage to kill the glaive, which I was mm-hmm. quite happy about. And I think, you know, my ship is normally hovering around about the... It's a, it's native temperature is about 17%. Yeah, that should be fine. Um, so I do think it was having problems finding me. And then I've got my beam lasers to be the I shoot you and I cool down thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Long range thermal vent. Yeah. Uh, so I've got that, um, and then the other my other things are AXE. Um, so I do think it was having problems finding me, and I, I did manage to kill it. I got hurt, and I was, you know, not. I mean, I was already basically. I accepted the fact that my sh- my ship did not have the room to. One of the things I'm going to have to figure out with this ship is how the hell I actually get to the maelstrom, even from a fleet carrier. Because um, hmm. I've got very, very low jump range and no uh, fuel scoopy thing on it. Um, so that's something I'll have to figure out at some point. But yeah, I was like, okay, I can get, I was like, I can get to Tenaris and I need to collect some mats and things like that. So I'll try and do that. Then they can go into my infinite pockets of holding and I'll die and I'll rinse repeat just trying to get my, my stuff up. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, that's when I went off and found out that, you know, I did manage to get it. And, you know, I'm, I don't know if I've done anything wrong or right with this ship. Um, it is a Mamba. I've got very low hull. I know that. Mm. Um, and I think, I mean, I think I arrived at the, at, at the Maelstrom with basically enough petrol for one jump. And I was two jumps away. Uh, but that's, it's like I got interdicted two times on the way there. Uh, yes. Like qu- qu- uh, quantum interdicted kind of thing. So, of course, that goes off and means that I don't have any bloody petrol anyway. Um, yeah, it's impossible to do those things without a fuel scoop. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm, t- I'm two jumps away and, and I need, uh, basically, I'm hyper, I'm hyperdicted every time. And then I'm interdicted at least twice. Uh, I, I have taken on glaives, uh, glaives before, but I've always been outnumbered two to one, and that's... Okay, this was only one. It was only a one to one. Yeah, and and that's what my problem is because if I'm up against two glaives, um, please, I, yeah, I'm I'm double teamed. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I basically right. the only reason I attacked it was because I was like, you know what, I've got nothing to lose basically. Yeah, I ain't gonna get back home anyway, so I might as well just go out shooting this thing. Mm. Um, what I'm not understanding, and this, I know I need to go and get the. Oh, I can't remember the things. The you, you need the caustic generators, don't you? You need the pulse. You need absolutely need the pulse yeah. wave neutralizer, or you ain't getting in. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I need to get the stuff to get that, and I haven't got that. But there's, I need to get the caustic removal thing, me bobbers. Caustic, yeah, the caustic sinks. So, so I was, I was like, okay, I, I was trying to get the stuff to get the caustic sinks. Was my my goal. Yeah, and yeah, because 
Because the pulse generator, that's that's just credits. You don't have to actually scoop anything for it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I want to, I want to try and get the stuff to get caustic sinks, and I was just, yeah, I wasn't it, living long enough in the maelstrom, long enough it, to even do that. It, it is difficult because um, mm. uh, it was the trouble that I was having um, when update fifteen first came out. It was because basically I was behind. I hadn't done any of the uh, the maelstrom stuff at all. Yeah. Uh, so I was in, I was in exactly the same position. Um, four weeks ago and the main problem was with it is that because i haven't got a fleet carrier i've got nowhere to drop this stuff off yeah same here <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, I, I, fl- I flatly refuse to get a fleet carrier for this even if i had the money for it which i haven't mm, mm. Um, i mean i could have but it's like i don't it's an it's an area of the game i don't believe in and uh, you know i know i'm shooting myself in the foot i accept that but i don't believe in it i i yeah. think i yeah no, 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 just, yeah. One thing that you could actually do is uh, put appeal onto the forums to say, is there anybody with a fleet carrier out there that has these things that I need? Oh, can I buy them off? I, can, I, can I buy them off people, can I, or something? Uh, I don't know. Can you actually buy that off? off you can buy something. So when I was doing this whole path, mm-hmm. I, I, two things I discovered, actually, was uh, there were certain materials or things that I needed this was it metran i can't remember but the very all sorts of things you need the first thing mm-hmm. i discovered was which was really obvious and it will sound so stupid when i say it but it had never occurred to me that odyssey settlements i always thought odyssey settlements were places where you landed to go and do missions and get out on foot and shoot people mm-hmm. no but they've also got trade some of them have got yeah, trade markets. yeah they've got commodity markets so so the, so the first thing i needed i can't remember what it was it was one of the materials for, for these caustic things and i went to inara and just did the mm. or was it show me where these, yeah show me where's the nearest place i can buy them is down yes i know it might be pre it might be pre edgdb but anyway yeah, the, the place I could buy them happened to be a settlement, which was a bit of a... <laughs> hadn't really yeah. occurred to me to buy stuff at settlements. And then the second place I went to to get some other stuff was it recommended a fleet carrier. Okay, yeah. I mean, I've never, I've never really thought of looking looking up fleet carriers for things, but... Zanara will tell you that as well. If you go nearest place to buy stuff, yeah. it'll, it'll I, I know I was needing materials that you get from shooting the 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 the... The little things that fart in your face, basically. Yeah, that's the caustic generators, generators, yeah. Yeah, them. Yeah. So I need to go and shoot them, get the get the stuff that shoots off of them, scoop that up, and get out, was what I, th- I think I needed to do. Yeah. Well, Tissue I'm something actually, them is the hard bit, really. Pardon? Tissue, Tissue something them is them. kind of the hard bit, really. Mm-hmm. That is the hard bit. You leave that bit to last. Uh, what you can do well, is you can... So you, are they things that once they go into... Are they proper samples that you... They're cargo. Your, yeah, proper, that's cargo. Yeah, proper so cargo. Yes. Right. Yeah, I don't think... I wasn't doing that. I was just... I was deliberately just trying to get the materials. And yeah. I was sucking I, at even that. Uh, I normally found that, actually, I lost about five clippers doing this. Is basically, I flew in there uh, and mm-hmm. basically sampled until I died. Uh, just getting the materials. Well, that was and, my uh, kind of thinking, yeah. Yeah, uh, because basically, I, you know, I wasn't going to do the 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 trip back again because it it was. And it goes into your bag of holding, so you're fine. Yeah. So, um, but once once you've got that out of the way and you've got to actually take the physical cargo back, that's when it becomes squeaky bum time. Mm. Because yeah, 
that's the tricky thing I'm finding with this CG now and, and getting in and out of the mouse mm. is because we now have, you know, with, with the Titan um, scanner, I can't remember it's, yeah. now, but you know, you know, the thing yeah. I mean, basically it means, so my four utility slots are now a heatsink, which yes. I kind of need um, because of glaive evasion and boosting with silent running. And that, so that comes in pretty handy. Yeah. And because of the heat generation, when you push through the pulse, that's, gets pretty hot so you need your heat sink and then you've got your corrosion resistant cargo uh, sorry um a caustic sink yes uh you've got the normally engineered yeah yeah uh you've got the pulse neutralizer mm -hmm. and you have i've missed one pulse the titan scanner yeah yeah, yeah. titan sun so so with the titan scanner it meant i could only have one caustic heat sink launcher which gives me seven sinks right yeah mm. and what i'm finding is that to get into the titan and out again takes just a little bit more than that uh, i've done it mm. numerous times now and i can get in and i'm just starting to fill up my third one and then by the time i'm out the last one runs out which means by the time i'm out of the um can you burn the, yourself then yes so by the time i'm out of the maelstrom with all my lovely um tissue samples that i've collected over the last hour i mm -hmm. am my ship is taking caustic damage and i have no sinks left to deal with it so that's the last squeaky bum moment on every single run i've done is i've then had to you just need to calmly you know target a system put on silent running engage the jump let the temperature shoot up to 150 turn off silent running proper heat sink but it's mm. it's it's just a little bit of tension right at the end of a very long gaming session that you sort of almost don't need um yeah sean is saying you can actually restart the caustic sink launches via synthesis no. if you've got the I you didn't know that, that. <laughs> you didn't know that. that never occurred to me um this week's noob of the week is oh what a plum <laughs> um, thanks sean <laughs> 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 the noob of the week. <laughs> That's not uh, the official name of it. I can't remember. What's the official name of it again? Uh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, I've normally had, in, as a backup, a caustic, uh, no, a decon limpet. So, if... if Right. I've normally kept one of those limpets back for just when I've cleared the cloud, and then I I, I hit one of the uh, uh, the decom limpets, which which does effectively the same thing, but without toasting my ship. And then it's it's the the run out of the maelstrom, and hoping I don't get glaved again because by then <laughs> I've got no heat sinks. Mm. You're mm. normally safe. I mean, well, for me, the route. So what I ended up doing was I picked the maelstrom that was closest to the CG hand-in point. I think it might be an Oya. It is 5K LS out, which is a bit of a pain. But um, And what I found was that the two jumps I had to do back to the, to the mega ship where you handed in were both non-Thargoid systems. So once I was out of the maelstrom, I was safe from glaive attacks, basically. Mm. I guess it depends where your jumps are back to the where you're going to hand them in. Yeah. Right. Well, um, I think we're going to leave the the trouble with this with the CG and how difficult it is. Um, at the moment, uh, as of Tuesday, as uh, Aegis are winning by quite a large margin, um, or Aegis, Aegis, um, from Azimuth. 
and quite rightly so. Not that I'm biased in any way or form. And, uh, and according to Alec, that's despite Azimuth having the nicer skin. Yes, yes. Where, where, can we, yeah. where do we see the skins? I was looking for that. Where did I see it? Where did I see it? I can't remember where I saw it now. Did Frontier do a tweet? Sorry, I can't remember. I don't know. That's why I was asking. Funny that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not. I'm sounding sarcastic and I wasn't being sarcastic. That's all right. I'm scrolling as you speak, but <laughs> I can't remember where I saw it. Yeah. Well, um, so that was Thursday. Um, back back to the in-game events. Uh, on Friday, the sixteenth of June, um, there was the the rather embarrassing incident for the alliance. As for the last week, week and a half, the alliance has said, "Oh, we will take all your far god cultists off your, off your hands as long as they're not badens. Uh, they've got to be vetted." Uh, and of course, President Hudson, yet yeah, sure have have all these these. Um, these religious nutters will shove shove them in the the desiccant um, mega ship and uh, send them your way. Well, it turned out that the desiccant mega ship disappeared uh, halfway through its jump, and nobody knows where it's gone. So, <laughs> yes, there's a whole load of far god cultists out there in a mega ship um, exploring the cosmos by themselves. I guess. Does anyone remember? <laughs> Sorry, Chris, go on. I was going to say, in an unrelated note, Etienne Don has yet another sale on. Because <laughs> 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 yes. uh, thinking, well, hang on a second, they've got this mega ship flying out somewhere and they've got a Thargo coming in that seems to scoop up escape pods. Hmm, <laughs> I wonder what's happening there. Does yum, anyone yum. remember how um, Jack's station was found when it misjumped and then disappeared? Oh, yeah, it, was, it was cheesed uh, it by was, somebody. It was saying, indeed. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Some, Instead of somebody, someone, somebody was in deep, deep, deep in the heart of the galaxy, put their filters to look for systems with a population or something. I think it was something like that. Yeah. And lo and behold, there was one, and that's where Jack Station was. Yeah. Yeah. They've been. Trying trying to they still must have been fairly close, but. <laughs> Fair play to the guys. Yeah, uh, it's, people have been trying to use that method to find um, Raxler for years, but it, it they, they've, I don't know, Raxler might be a, a zero population planet. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I, I think even Raxler is the journey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Interesting right. story though, isn't it? Don't know where it's going. Yes, and I mean, I must admit, it's... It's quite interesting seeing all this is wrapped up with the, uh, of course, the election that's happening in the Federation as well. Wasn't um, wasn't Sojourne on board the Dedicant at one point? Yes, she was. She was rescued by it hmm. uh, because there was uh, she was on the run from Azimuth. They think that Azimuth had almost got her, and then she was rescued by the uh, by the Far God Gulfists. So, um, and then handed back to e to Aegis. Which is quite nice of them. Yeah, considering that they could have actually had her, kept her hostages, basically the the word of God. I have this vague image of Sojourne going back to the Dedican and taking control and going, come on, lads, we're, we're off. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a mission and I need 5,000 devotees to help me with it. We're on a mission from God. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's all the in-game news that have happened has happened this week so far. Um, it's quite 
uh, quite a quiet one. Right, uh, quickly, the, uh, it's that time of the week again. Score alert! If you like your your ships to be golden, then we have the Solar Shine paint jobs for the Chieftain, the Corvette, the Ferdinand, and the Anaconda, which, to tell you the truth, look like a very very brilliant yellow to me. Is it, is it has it got a metallic sheen to it, or is it just basically very I've bright yellow? I've not seen this in game, but it's, it looks like yellow stripes to me. Yeah, it's sort of yellow and silver, very faint silver. Yeah, maybe. yellow and mm-hmm. yellow and not quite yellow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like it actually. I mean, yeah, I, it's it's one of the nicer ones that I've seen. Um, it's a bit bland, bland, bland to me. A bit bland, mate. Mm. I mean, it would be I'll better look. if it were a rainbow. What with this being Pride Month, <laughs> but you know, no. we'll not we'll we'll, we'll not mention that frontier development. There, there you go, Psychic Ben. Carry the flag for you. And so, yeah, Psychic's absence. <laughs> Pride flags, Frontier. Come on. Rawr. Orange uh, and yeah. that'll be acceptable too. Yes. Uh, I think, um, I, I don't think I'll be getting one of those, to be honest. Uh, they, they look. Well, maybe for something for the Ferdinands, because I think the Ferdinands needs some, some decent skins, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid to say it's, it's not my kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of a yellower version of what they were giving away on the Twitch drops on stream mm. the other day, because they were kind of an orange variant of this one, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. Okay, um, uh, I think we'll take another quick short break, and then we will be back with uh, the rest of the show. Lave Radio... Broadcasting to every corner of the galaxy. Space is vast, and pirates have needs just like anyone else. Introducing the Lonely Pirate Handbook, the ultimate resource for lonely pirates. Our guide covers the hot spots and not spots of interstellar space, from smugglers' dens to space station taverns, with helpful chapters such as how to be presentable in polite society, how to get rid of that nefarious rank, and my favorite, occasionally shower. Are your early advances often mistaken for attempts to rob or plunder? Oh, I've come a long way for what's in your hold. Prepare to be boarded. Friendship charge detected. Oh. Buy today and receive the Lonely Pirates chat-up guide for free. I've got a very large hot point. Would you like to see my very large hard point? You're so hot. You're making my temperature critical. Lower your shields. I want to inspect the goods. Come back to my place. I might let you touch my irritated anaconda. 
Are you smuggling illegal goods? Because you got fine written all over you. The Lonely Pirate's Handbook. Now available in all Anarchy bookstores. We'll teach you to loot anyone's heart. There's bargains, bargains, bargains at Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium. Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium haven't just been slicing carcasses, but also slicing their prices. All unspecified meat sausages, now two for the price of what? A pack of assorted meat steaks, now with 50% more meat at half the price. How about chops? A surprising meat chops, now also 50% off. And introducing our massive meat hamper, it's a family of four. No. No, no, that should say feeds a family of four, right? Stick to the script, Claire. It says it's a family of four. Okay, I'll stick to the script. Yeah, you do that. It's a family of four. Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium. Find us in the Lave Business Directory or visit us next to the station mortuary. Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium. You'll wonder how our prices are so low. This is Lave Radio. LaveRadio.com. So is that going to be God scratchings, anybody? <laughs> Stick to the script, Colin. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Well, we're going to be skipping over uh, a couple of things because uh, time is against us this time. Um, for the, any other business section we've got, um, for those of you who are fans of science fiction, uh, Babylon 5 The Road Home an official ta- uh, trailer for the new Babylon 5 animated movie was released this week I've already pre-ordered this <laughs> <laughs> I haven't pre-ordered it but I have watched the I've watched the trailer several times yes and uh, I'm I'm up there going yep um, anything for some more Babylon 5 it I know that this it looks like it's going to be good quality. Yeah, it's it's up there with the same. They're using the same animation house as they they have with the uh, um, the superhero movies, the the latest animated Superman and and Batman okay, and, right. and stuff like that. And you know those are really high quality. It's it's kind of cross between hand drawn and computer animation. So it, it does look really good. And mm. you know, for people who say cartoons are for children. This I'm isn't. sorry, but anybody who's been watching, frankly, the Clone Wars or the or the Ahsoka, um, Rebels and things like that in the Star Wars universe, yeah, um, the Star Trek lower decks in Star Trek universe, and there was also it's, it's good adult content. It's good mature. Oh, I want to say adult content, but it's not adult content. But you know what I mean. Yes, yes. There was a um, a Tron cartoon which came out approximately oh, the time. Yeah, um, also it, in it has. Um, you need to. I think they've got it on Disney Plus. It was actually um, Elijah Wood was playing the the lead character in it. Okay. And uh, That's they had. Isn't it? Yes, and Bruce Boxleiter was obviously Tron as well. It was really, really good, but unfortunately, it only did one season. Which is a bit of a shame, but I think it's on Disney Plus if you got it. So okay, I will have a shifty for it. Yes. Um, also, in other news, we've got the Dex Legacy Season Two Kickstarter. It was funded. Um, Yay! Yeah, they managed to get four 
£1,685 from their goal of three and a half grand. So we will be hearing, hopefully, from season two from the Dex Legacy soon enough. So congratulations to Emily Inkpen and everybody over there. So, yay, thumbs up. So I think we shall... Uh, that's it, Tron Uprising. That was the name of it. So there you go. Have a look for that. That was... If that was a cartoon that that dealt with some very mature themes. And uh, yes, it was surprisingly grown up for a kid's cartoon, if you see what I mean. Questions of the week. Now, this was left over for... This was posted Is by that, a lovely psychic. Uh, like last week. Yes. So on Thursday's uh, Frameshift Live, we had a sneak peek of this new Hunter variant Thargoid coming with Update 16. Uh, we want to know what, what's it called, what purpose does it serve, and what does it mean for the Thargoid War? And uh, yes. So, Ben, you had your first one out. Yeah, so I, I got in there with, it means the Thargoids have finally find an engineer who will deal with them. The good news is that they still need to unlock him, which is basically <laughs> what I said at the start of the show. <laughs> yes. So effectively, they're 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 collecting materials. They're, they're collecting human hearts. Yes, they're they're they're, they're doing engineering. We know they are. Mm. I wonder if that that means that some people's eyeballs are better at uh, scanning than uh, than others. So basically, human eyeballs in, in a scanner. Or am I going very dark here? I was thinking, what's the certificate rating for Elite Dangerous? Is this going into seven A? The colon is going dark. Yeah, I'm not sure you can harvest human eyeballs in a seven A. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had Pete, Pete Witherspoon, um, fidget spinner stealer of souls. That's what he wants it to be called. They will ensure a scarcity of occupied escape pods, thus ensuring a good price for the often overlooked commodity. Buy escape pod futures now. What do they want with these escape pods? Ooh. Nom, 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 nom. Psychit, <laughs> uh, uh, she's decided to call it Pointy Steve. Uh, and it's Etienne Dawn's personal courier service. Yeah. yeah, you've heard yeah. of Apex Interstellar. Well, now we've got Etienne Interstellar. I think a lot of people are, <laughs> are, are going for the Etienne Dawn angle on this. Funny. I mean, as soon as you've got that, something that, snatching bodies, you've you've got to go down that way, haven't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Homburger was the next one who I, I mentioned earlier, who does the uh, Buckyball blog, among other things. Um, so he says... Um, Harry is a Thargoid agent, and his crime clean-up services will place employees who are really Thargoid sleeper soldiers, bioengineered from stolen occupied escape pods, into settlements all over the bubble. Expect our settlement has gone mysteriously quiet. Please investigate. I quite like that. <laughs> sleeper agents. And just imagine if Harry is a Harry is a double agent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> quite like that one. <laughs> the Dutch Glaswegian caustic Beyblade. <laughs> that, that's all he's put. Fantastic name, that one. Ben, you want to take the next one? Okay, Chris. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, uh, Commander John Chorus. Uh, I know we should call the new thing variant Farg Napper, uh, which I like. <laughs> but then uh, Commander Strayer came in with. I think I heard the slip of the name uh, Skyth on stream, and it seems to harvest human escape pods, possibly counter search and rescue. 
I'm not liking this one. Uh, what should be called the Reaper instead and be involved in some kind of technological necromancy with Thargoid biotech. Paul had his uh, hands in that, didn't he? Mm. You interrupt the flow for a second. I just had a, a, a ghastly thought. Um, was it a line in this? I suppose it was calling it the Reaper. I, I just had this ghastly thought. Imagine, you know, um, when uh, you destroy a bunch of revenants and then scouts come down to restock them. Yes. So imagine if um, scythes come down mm-hmm. and send out their limpets, and their limpets are not just collecting uh, escape pods, but, but they're yeah. collecting our bodies. Oh God! <laughs> imagine if, a, if one of yeah. these limpets actually grabs hold of you while you're running around on foot and just takes you up. <laughs> That'd be amazing and terrifying at the same time. It would. I'm, get, I'm getting sort of flashes of uh, War of the Worlds from that. Mm. I mean, it's totally not going to happen, but what if instead of seeing the Rescue Rangers screen, instead you had a, you've been captured by the Fargoids screen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the only way to recover from it is to re- start a new commander. Yeah, re-roll. <laughs> Tough luck. <laughs> um, well, people people wanted a, uh, an Iron yeah, Man mode, didn't they? They, they did, they did. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, right, uh, Darren has replied. He said, "There is only one answer: the claw." The claw. The claw. <laughs> I was actually Someone a picture. I copied and pasted it, but it, it was a gif of the claw from Toy Story. Mm. Well, it's, it's, it depends on how old you are. You're either thinking the claw from Toy Story, or you're thinking the claw from Inspector Gadget. That shows you. That shows your age difference. Difference. <laughs> difference. Yes. Right there. Differentiation. What word? Differentiation. Was that? I think you're thinking. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very tired. I'm only surviving on five hours sleep. <laughs> so let's move it on. Ephesus. Um, Etienne's little helpers. <laughs> I can feel an advert coming on for that one. <laughs> yeah. So it has to be Christmas themed, though. Very true. Yeah. Uh, MV Cohorn is saying uh, probably something obvious like the Reaper or the Scythe, um, mm. which, yeah. The more didn't ex- ex- accept my escape pod offerings, but these bad boys will. Oh, I wonder if it's uh, like how to treat we use it to, I'm thinking, can we use it to wrap up with the Thargoids? <laughs> I was just thinking that it might be like How to Train Your Dragon. You know, when um, in the first film, when the, the dragons were dropping off all their kills into the into this big pit, mm-hmm. if, if they didn't bring enough, basically this big dragon would reach out of the pit and just eat the dragon that didn't bring enough. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They could, do, they could do that to these sides. You don't bring us enough um, escape pods, then you're up for the chomp. <laughs> I like this last one is from Lee Holden. Is Lee? I wonder if Lee's in the uh, Lee screws, but um, <laughs> just winding JN tracks up here again. He says, Let, "Let's stick with the pole arm naming convention. The halberd. They are harvesting human skin to cover themselves in, so they can infiltrate humanity at the highest level." <laughs> That's like three kids in a in an adult's jacket trying to get into to buy booze. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it's fair play. You know, we've just had a paint job. We're covering our ships in their skin. So, you know, tit for tat. Oh, I've just got the sort of the reavers. Quite literally um, tit for tat. Yeah. Oh, God, oh, Alec. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh. 
I can't, I can't believe that because you managed to disgust Ben. Yeah, you, you managed to out Ben Ben there. Congratulations. Such a bad influence, Ben. Ah, dear. Right, anyway, I think uh, we've... Oh, you've got one final one, have you, Alex? Yeah, it's not my one. I just, I've just, while we're talking, I thought of my own one. I think we should call them Combine Thargister. Oh, you got a brand new Combine Thargister, and I got you the key. Yes. Who are, who are? I mean, they're clearly hey. harvesting crops, so it works for me. That's fair enough. Right, so um, I think that brings our question of the week to uh, an end. We will be putting out a new question of the week at some point uh, in the next couple of days. Uh, we're really enjoying these answers that we get. <laughs> uh, always quite uh, quite amusing. Um, but we'll go with our shout-outs for the moment. So uh, there's our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio. It broadcasts on a Thursday at 830 you can tune in at twitch.tv slash Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you just want the audio, there's radio.forthemug.com. For the descending commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at this discord.me slash elite dangerous CQC, or one word. And if you're good, uh, highlight the CQC bug that's on the issue tracker at the moment. That would also be appreciated. Uh, we'll give shout-outs to the other couple of Elite Dangerous podcasts, which uh, are floating around the internet. So that would be hi to the Guard Frequency, who do other space games as well. And, of course, there's the Hillbilly Redneck Radio of Loose Screws, who love their plastic cheese of 300 or different varieties <laughs> over there. Um, uh, but don't mention glaives to them. Because I, I, I think I think poor JN Trax is going to explode. Um, following this we have the latest Galnet News Digest as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejude. And um, we'd just like to thank everyone who's chipped in on the Twitch chat. And what in-game commanders or shenanigans have you been up to, Ben? And yeah, Chris? The, only, the only people who signed each other has been Chris and I, which isn't massively surprising. Um, although apparently our audio is breaking up, so I hope the recording is okay. And it will be all okay in podcast. <laughs> Let's hope, hope so. so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> duplicates there. Uh, right. So, um, special thanks, of course, go to Commander Tokuso, JN Tracks, and Alan Stroud, who have created music that we used on this show. But that is it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can find our contact links at uh, contact at home slash contact us. Uh, on the website uh, do let us know if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode uh, Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live so thank you to the Chris Mark Four. you're welcome thank you to Commander Adler Weiss yeah, I just want to say to the a live audience, let's face it, you ain't missed any real content, guys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, thanks to the commander, Alec Turner. We wink, then thanks for the Yeah, we seem to be having a bit of cutout every now and again. We do apologise. 
And of course, special thanks, of course, goes to today's tech specialist, Commander Ventura. And it is actually you're all his welcome for probably. I, I these, did fix these it. Things. It's fixed. <laughs> yeah, it you're. Fixed. Were you watching porn again? No, that was you, Ben. If it were me, it would be my audio. It's not my audio. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> Calm it down. Otherwise, uh, he'll just mute you forever. You do realise that. Oh, sure. Yeah, Norman has the power. He has the power. Don't tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> so, until next time, Commanders and Ben, fly oh. safe. <laughs> if you can't do that, fly dangerous. mysteries in the galaxy. There are a number of documented points of interest that include alien ruins, thousand-year-old generation ships, long-abandoned settlements, and crashed ships. Just how many undiscovered points of interest there may be is a matter for conjecture. At the beginning of June, a previously unknown crash site was reported by Commander Davenix. It consists of a few mangled bits of spacecraft fashioned into a sort of roof over a few buildings. It's not a particularly spectacular crash site, although the view of the star is rather impressive and the ramps are great as an SRV jump. There are a few logs recording the thoughts of one of the survivors as they waited either for rescue or to die. Let's listen to them. I think I knew when I signed up for this expedition that we were not coming back. But it was not meant to be like this. 
I guess we can be considered lucky. After all, if this had happened in deep space, we would have been dead in seconds. Now that it's happened, I don't know. I can't stop thinking about the crash. I thought I was lucky to survive, but Thomas was the lucky one. At least she didn't have to watch as we all keel over, one by one, down here. I keep thinking about my mother's last words before I left. Be careful. It's dangerous. No one knows what's out there. How right she was. Oh well. Nothing to do now but sit back, enjoy the view and hope for a rescue before our air runs out. And it is a really nice view. We've seen so much out there. Some of it beautiful, some terrifying. I know this is the end, but I wouldn't have changed it. If anyone finds this, please use the data we've collected for a good cause. I'd hate to think about time here. Pleasingly, I was in fact able to use the data the unfortunate expedition collected and for a very good cause. That specialised legacy firmware could have been used to charge enhance my power distributor, but instead I used it to fix myself some dirty, dirty drives. <laughs>